DIY Health here on the People's or the Truth Frequency Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It is Thursday, April 22nd, 2021. Still in coronavirus medical tyranny. And this program is meant to present nutritional information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I'm not a doctor, and that's a good thing. In my opinion, the doctors most people go to see when they have a health issue, MDs, are wrapped around the axle of their training. Unfortunately, their training is in drugs and surgery, and it doesn't equip them to treat the over 900 chronic health issues that are proven to be a result of a nutritional deficiency. I'm simply someone who's been studying under the tutelage of one of, if not the top nutritional authorities in the world, Dr. Joel Wallach. I don't treat diseases. I don't even treat people. I simply advise people how to give their bodies the raw materials they need to support and maintain good health, and when the body has what it needs, it'll fix itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing it's missing is the raw materials. And when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. You can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. There's all kinds of information there. All the products we talk about are there. If you have any questions about anything, just hit the contact me button. and It'll give you the option of calling and leaving a message or sending an email. And either way, we'll get back with you as quick as we can, usually within a few hours. We'll do everything we can to get your questions answered, get you on the right track. Also, while you're on the site, make sure you hit the radio shows tab. And at the top of the page, you'll see the link to our archive page set up to castbox.fm. Got over 500 shows up there now. They're all shareable via email or social media. Each one has a description telling you what the show was about, what we talked about, and that kind of thing. And uh, we encourage you to just have fun with it, to share them with your friends and family. We encourage you to do so. It doesn't cost anything. The only thing you ever pay for on the website is the products. That supports your health and the show. So uh, great win-win uh, there. And uh, if you scroll down a little bit further on the radio shows tab, you'll see the information about the shows we do, when they're on, and how you listen. And then at the bottom of the page is a link to the Facebook page set up for the show. And um, unfortunately, I'm still in Facebook jail through the end of the month, so I won't be posting anything. But there's still stuff there that hasn't been um, uh, censored so far that you're welcome to take a look at and share. So have fun with that. Just enjoy the site. And uh, if you have any questions, like I said, hit the contact me button and we'll get back with you. Now, keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on this show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the people of the Truth Frequency Radio Network, its owners or sponsors, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. And nothing we say on the show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health issue. 
It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only, so that as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping off point to do your own research and due diligence so that you can make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. Now, the number to call into the show is 833-TFR-LIVE. That's 833-837-5483, 833-837-5483, or 833-TFR-LIVE. And uh, we'll probably open the phones up in the second hour. Got uh, all kinds of stuff to talk about today, <laughs> and we'll see where we go. But um, I, uh, if there's just tons and tons and tons of things coming along um, on the COVID vaccine issue, and I say vaccine with air quotes. Um, there's just you know case after case after case of people getting sick, having severe reactions, and all kinds of things as a result of taking these alleged vaccines. The first thing I want to do is play a little, uh, it's about a six-minute-long clip of Dr. Sherry Tenpenny talking about eight ways the mRNA uh, COVID vaccines can kill you. So let's listen to this before we go any further. I've mapped out now with this paper I looked at last night, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight mechanisms of action of how this vaccine is going to kill people. Wow, will you send that? It's a, will you send that to me? Yeah, Wait, I can later? send that to That'd you. Be great. Yeah. I, yeah, I can send it to you later. And it all relates to um, when you inject this messenger RNA, when you inject this vaccine, the messenger RNA starts to code for the spike protein. And this is what they're then, focusing on, too. That's the yeah. whole thing. It's, I mean, all that's they, what it, it's all they focus on. It focused on including the fact that the NIH is now fighting with Modera over patent rights because they you can't patent anything that's out in nature, so they had to manipulate the spike protein in order to be able to patent it and then make an antibody to the spike protein. Mm-hmm. Well, this an- anti-spike protein antibody, this antibody, is deadly. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely deadly. Um, and the first three papers that I went through, I found that they're that one of the things that the spike protein does is it directly attacks lung tissue and breaks it down. The second thing that it does is it inhibits your M2 macrophages, which are your anti-inflammatory macrophages, so you get cytokine storm and you die. Mm -hmm. The third is is that when that messenger RNA goes in and and then that spike, and then that make an antibody to that, it binds it loosely, carries it into cell, and causes permanent replication. So it's like having an on button with no off button. So you're constantly making this little piece of protein to develop more spike proteins against it to make more destruction. And then with this paper that I read last night of this anti-spike protein, it attacks the, the astrocytes and the oligodendrocytes, which are two different types of, of cells in your brain. Wow. Two different types of central, of central nervous system. Mm-hmm. It attacks the inner mitochondrial membrane mm-hmm. in two different mechanisms, and it attacks this neurofilament protein, which are the motor nerves, which suddenly you, we've seen those people on the oh, videos yeah. that after the yes. vaccine, yes. it's because the, the spike yes. protein antibody is affecting their motor neurons and their central nervous system ones. And then the, the number one primary... Um, 
symptom that people have after they get this vaccine is debilitating fatigue, that they can't even function in the main part of their life. Well, it's because that spike protein antibody attacks the mitochondria, and it, and it attacks the GAD65, which is the intracellular antigen inside of your mitochondria, and it can also attack your pancreas. If you're diabetic, it'll make your diabetes worse. If you're not diabetic, it can cause you to have diabetes. Stiff person syndrome, cerebellar ataxia, which is that thing that you're watching people not be able to walk. Um, yeah. It also attacks, uh, in, the, in the experiment that they did, they, they took different tissue antigens, like skin and lung and all this other stuff. Then they dropped the, the serum that had the antibody in it on it. Um, 27 out of 55 of the tissue types reacted adversely to the spike protein and the anti-spike, I'm sorry, to the spike antibody. Mm -hmm. So you get this vaccine, you create, create this antibody. And that's why in the, the most recent VAERS report uh, came out this week, 181 mm -hmm. deaths already that have mm -hmm. been reported. And when you start reading through them, you can now that you kind of lay out what these antibodies do, you can see it right in the VAERS report what has happened to these people. And it's the anti-spike antibody that's attacking them. And that's why the most number of deaths um, occurred about 19 days after the, after the injection, because it takes a while to develop the antibody response. It doesn't happen like this, right? Mm -hmm. Unless you have an anaphylactic reaction, probably to the polyethylene glycol, mm -hmm. unless you have an, an, an immediate reaction to it, the delayed reaction is gonna take, any, it's gonna start it takes a while. It says 19 days. I talked to a bunch of epidemiologists in Europe, and they said that it takes about 48 weeks to really see the most profound effects of autoimmune disease. Yeah. Thank you so this much is, for sharing that, too. This is going to be absolutely... I mean, when I first when I first found the, the first four mechanisms of action, mm -hmm. I said to a few friends of mine, I said, this is a perfectly designed kill machine. It is perfectly designed because um, and the other thing is, is with, that, with that replicating thing, um, because of the vaccine, you're going to see mutants. Mm -hmm. And so now we're all talking about all the mutants. And I said, you know, the one thing they're not asking these people who've been diagnosed with this mutant strain is, have, have you had one of the not approved yet vaccine. Mm -hmm. Nobody's putting that together. Yeah. So yes, that's right. So 48 weeks, it's, it's somewhere between 48 weeks, which is about a year, yeah. six months, six to seven months, and a couple of years into the future. Mm -hmm. You know, as people, so like what you were talking about, the girl with the meningitis vaccine, this is going to be even worse. So people have got to make some serious spiritual decisions about yes. this, Sarah. Yes. You know, this is very serious spiritual decisions. Are you going to say, oh, I want to get the vaccine so I can get on an airplane or so I can mm -hmm. go out to eat or I can keep my job. That gets a little harder. Mm -hmm. Or I can go to continue in professional school, mm -hmm. which gets a little bit harder. Right. So you have to, people are going to have to start making some really hard spiritual decisions about this. That's for sure really hard spiritual decisions and going right along with that i have a, a video clip 
Now, this is on my Telegram page, and I can't play directly from that, so I have to just use the microphone and computer speakers. Uh, the sound won't be quite as good, but I think it'll come across okay. But this is a lady who, 33-year-old mother, who uh, got the back in one of the shots, went to bed, felt fine at the time, woke up paralyzed from the neck down. So here we go with this one. Only 11 spoke with a local woman who says she lost feeling in much of her body just hours after getting Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah, she spoke with me exclusively from her hospital bed. Her family also... I think I know what the problem is. Just a second. Let's see if we can change this. Only 11 spoke with a local woman who says she lost feeling in much of her body just hours after getting Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine. Well, yeah, she spoke with me exclusively from her hospital bed. Her family also told me doctors at Allegheny General Hospital ran every test you can imagine. But I should be able to play it. Give me a second and we'll get the thing. Um, sorry about that. Just the technical issues of being the chief cook, bottle washer, uh, engineer, on-air on so-called talent, <laughs> and all that stuff. But uh, let me see if I can, hopefully I don't have a bunch of junk in my downloads folder so I can find this thing real quick. Uh, let's see, is that the right one? Nope, that's not it. There we go. Do, 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 do. Just gotta find. Well, okay, yeah, this should be the one. Let's try this. Only 11 spoke with a local woman who says she lost feeling in much of her body just hours after getting Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah, she spoke with me exclusively from her hospital bed. Her family also told me doctors at Allegheny General Hospital ran every test you can imagine, but still don't know why a perfectly healthy 33-year-old mother is basically paralyzed from the chest down just hours after getting the Pfizer vaccine. Like you just said, Lisa, she didn't want to share her name. She didn't want to show her face, but she wants to show and share her story right now as more people become eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. And it was the scariest thing in the world to go to sleep completely fine, walking to wake up at 1.30 in the morning, not able to move at all. This Bethel Park woman is speaking out only on 11 after she decided to get the first shot of the Pfizer vaccine last week. Afterwards, she felt fine and went about her normal day, but 12 hours later, she says she woke up in the middle of the night paralyzed with no feeling in her arms and legs. And I'm literally counting on my daughter to hand me my phone to call to get help. Paramedics arrived and she was rushed to Jefferson Hospital to be treated. I told them the only thing that has been different, literally, from the that has that could have caused this that I've done different in my daily routine is I got the, the first shot of the Pfizer. She was then moved to Allegheny General Hospital in the north side where they ran several tests. She said the MRI and spinal tap were clear. The blood work all came back negative, ruling out any rare diseases and disorders. There's just nothing that they could find wrong with me, like no underlying conditions, nothing. Like I have nothing in my history, nothing. And they're basically telling me you're healthy. Like we can't figure out why this is going on. Luckily, she's been able to regain feeling and strengthen her arms, but still no function from her lower chest down. Besides very slight movement and a few toes at last check. 
I reached out to Pfizer about this particular case. The director of its global media relations said at this time, our ongoing review has not identified any safety signals with paralysis in the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine. It is important to note that serious adverse events that are unrelated to the vaccine are unfortunately likely to occur at a similar rate as they would in the general population. Yeah, so in other words, this had nothing to do with the vaccine she just received. You know, everything, life was going along great. She got this vaccine totally unrelated to anything else. And all of a sudden she wakes up and can't move. Yeah, right. And if you believe that, I've got some uh, oceanfront property on Mars I'd like to talk to you about. You know, that's the thing. No matter what happens, these companies will just continue to blow it off saying, oh, it has nothing to do with the vaccines. It's, you know, as and that's where we get the uh, phrase that vaccines are the number one cause of coincidence. Yeah, right. And here we have in uh, Clark County, uh, Nevada, an 18 year old Clark County woman who became critically ill after receiving the Johnson and Johnson COVID-19 vaccine. I'm sure it had nothing to do with it, though has undergone three brain surgeries related to dangerous blood clots. Imagine that. Now all three of these alleged vaccines, the J&J, the uh, Moderna, and the Pfizer, have all been linked to blood clots. A spokeswoman for the patient's family said on Monday, there's a spokesman, whatever, uh, the young woman, Emma Berkey, uh, began to feel ill about a week after being vaccinated on or about April 1st. Eventually, you know, April Fool's Day, eventually experiencing seizures that sent her to the hospital, spokesman Brett Johnson said. Berkey was first treated at uh, St. Rose Dominican Hospital, Siena Campus, in Henderson, before being airlifted to Loma Linda University Medical Center in Southern California for specialized care. Her parents, Russ and Kathy, are at their bedside but only for a brief period each day due to COVID-19 restrictions. Yeah, right. <sighs> she is improving slowly, Johnson said in an interview. The word we got from her parents last night was slowly, slowly, slowly. Berkey has been uh, taken out of the, an induced coma and off a respirator. Thank goodness. She has a tracheotomy tube that impedes speech but she is mouthing some words and blinking her eyes to communicate, her parents told Johnson. Oh, man. She can uh, three-quarter smile at will, and she likes to, re uh, to tease me about how I, had, how, I, how I had to, how bad I read lips, uh, Russ Berkey said in an online update from Saturday night or Sunday night. Although Berkey has experienced a massive brain injury, her parents are cautiously optimistic. Uh, they're cautiously optimistic because she is improving, but very, very slowly, said Johnson, uh, president and founder of the Hastening, a local ministry where Russ Berkey serves as a volunteer. To assist with Berkey's medical expenses, the, uh, which already have amounted to hundreds of thousands of dollars, and guess what? They got to pay it themselves because the companies that make these injections have total immunity. They have, cannot go after these scumbags. You know, that should be enough for anybody with two brain cells to rub together to realize if these companies have total immunity from liability, why on earth would you want to take the thing? And it is proving out in spades to be the case. 
Anyway, Johnson has organized a GoFundMe fundraiser that had raised more than $10,000 as of Monday afternoon. Federal regulators have suspended the use of the J&J vaccine, also known as the Janssen vaccine, pending an investigation of six reported cases, including the one in Clark County that involved rare blood clots in the brain. The six women, the six women ages, uh, between the ages of 18 and 48 experienced cerebral venous uh, sinus thrombosis, where clot, uh, clots occur in veins in the blood, uh, in the in the in the drain blood from the brain. Hmm. Yeah, okay, that's the blood coming out of the brain. Yeah, it would be considered that you know, it's in veins. It's coming away from the brain. Uh, the blood clots occurred six to 13 days after vaccination. About seven million doses of the single dose uh, vaccine have been administered in the U.S. So basically, one in a million. It doesn't sound like much unless you're the one. On Monday, the director of this uh, for this of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said that health officials are investigating a handful of new but unconfirmed reports of blood clots. Nor is it clear whether the vaccine was responsible for the original half dozen cases. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just anecdotal, coincidental, but uh, the numbers are adding up. As soon as Friday, a committee uh, advising the CDC could recommend whether to lift suspension of the vaccine's use. If you follow the national news, the J&J &J vaccine has been put on hold because of these rare cases states the post on Berkey's GoFundMe page. Unfortunately, Emma is the one in a million here. Yeah, doesn't sound too bad until you're the number. Your number comes up and guess what happens? And uh, it, these things are having their effect, however, because um, I also posted this on my uh, um, Telegram channel. However, and if you're on Telegram, do a search for your DIY health and you'll find it. Uh, and I encourage you to join up. Um, but basically, because of the, the language the guy uses, uh, I don't want to play the thing. But basically, he, he appears to be a construction worker. And he's working in an ele elevated situation directly adjacent to a um, vaccine uh, distribution center where basically they have little uh, queues where the parking lot has little cones in it and they have a check-in station and then, you know, the outdoor tents and stuff where people can go and get their free vaccine. And um, the, I forget what time it was. It was like, you know, midday. And he said the place opened at 8 a.m. He saw nurses coming in and stuff like that. And he says only two cars have come to this thing. You know, they expected lines and lines and lines and lines. And it's a big blue city, a Democrat city. So you would expect of all the places, that's where it would be. But nobody's showing up. Nobody wants to take the drink the Kool-Aid anymore. You know, the word seems to be getting out. And, uh, of course, the other side is freaking out. They're trying to figure out what to do. Um as a matter of fact, there was a really good, uh, let me see if I can find that one here. Um, do, 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 do. It was, uh, if, you're from, if you're not familiar with What's-Her-Face on YouTube, <laughs> I encourage you to go to YouTube and do a search for What's-Her-Face. Um, this young lady is just absolutely phenomenal. 
Uh, she does a great job of um, putting satire in some cases. You know, her, every once in a while, her language gets kind of creepy. Not creepy, but bad for radio. And um, it's just unbelievable what some of these uh, things are doing. But she does a really good job of putting stuff out. And I'm trying to find the one where she did a thing about the, the vaccines and the the stuff they're trying to do. Um, man, I'm not sure if this is it or not. Let's see here. I can't play it, but I mean, I'll have to download the thing again. It's got to see this. The government of Canada will be launching. A vaccine community innovation challenge to support increased vaccine confidence in the population. Under this challenge, individuals or groups are invited to propose creative ideas for communications campaigns that will reach groups within their communities. 20 finalists will be chosen by an expert panel and given $25,000 to develop their ideas and launch their campaigns. And a grand prize of $100,000 will be awarded to the participant with the best campaign. So what does this mean exactly? It means the Canadian government will be distributing hundreds of thousands of your tax dollars to professional shills in order to manipulate you into getting the vaccine. But wait, we haven't even gotten to the good part yet. To help interested participants prepare their proposals, as well as successful finalists to develop their campaigns, support will be provided by a behavioral insights team who will coach them on tactics of psychological and emotional manipulation. The following are a few of the messages that they've proposed to increase uptake of the COVID-19 vaccine. Number one, your loved ones need you. Get the COVID-19 vaccine to make sure you can be there for them. Helping loved ones tapped into people's desire to protect and support their friends and family. It made clear that vaccinating yourself can help your loved ones while being careful not to overstate the vaccine's power to reduce or eliminate transmission. In other words, lie. Tell them getting vaccinated will help protect their friends and family, even though the vaccine does absolutely nothing to eliminate or reduce transmission. Number two, doctors and nurses have decided to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Now they recommend that you do too. Talk to your doctor without more. Turn on your TV and all you ever see is ask your doctor if it's right for you and me. So when you ask your doctor, what do you think he'll say? Of course it's right, you dummy. Let's get you hooked on it today. Wake up, you're being screwed. Pharmaceutical drug guys can be so rude. They don't care if you live or you die, long as they get their piece of pie. Mm, my, my, my. Right. They don't care if you live or die, as long as they get their piece of the pie. And that's what's happening right now with everybody that's taking these COVID-19 idiot detector vaccines. Because... The companies that make them and the people that administer them have total immunity when 
you get sick and die and get maimed and whatever the case might be, and you will, you have no legal recourse against those that did this to you. Just keep that in mind. That in and of itself should be enough to keep you from considering taking one of these things. Couple that with the fact that this is an illness for which there is a 99.9 plus percent survival rate for the vast majority of people. The same people that die from this were probably going to die within a few months anyway, in most cases. So keep that in mind, too. There's literally no reason for these things to exist, except to just, you know, kill people. And that's what they're doing. So let's uh, finish off this little thing with uh, what's-her-face. I think it's still pretty interesting. Credibility and authority of healthcare workers as trusted messengers. The message emphasized how most people have demonstrated confidence in the vaccine by taking it themselves. Translation, combine the appeal to authority fallacy with a little good old fashioned monkey see monkey do. Now for my personal favorite, getting lives back. Now we have the chance to return to the people and places we love. Let's get our lives back again. Sign up to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Getting Lives Back drew on the powerful motivation to return to the activities and people they are missing without promising that life will ever fully go back to normal. Let me repeat that for you. The powerful motivation to return to the activities and people they are missing without promising that life will ever go back to normal. These lower than pond scum, filthy ass motherfuckers, you with the promise of going back to normal when they're well aware that it's never going to happen. I don't completely discount that lizard people run the world. I mean, what's more believable? That these disgusting creatures who have this little empathy and this little regard for human life. I mean, is it more likely that they're the same species as me or are they some kind of like weird lizard dragon people? What's his name? What's that one with the white hair with the really Anderson Cooper? That man looks like a snake. Is it just me or is that man? I feel like every time I see him, I feel like he's just going to peel his skin off and like, Sorry about the uh, language. This is the one that I forgot that when she gets a little raw, <laughs> I tried to believe. What if I told you you could go back? To, uh, you know, every once in a while, these things get away from you. But um, she really paints the, the picture. You know, in Canada, they are really going goofy. You know, there's churches up there that are being shut down because they don't uh, adhere to the uh, COVID uh, draconian measures. They're, uh, you know, obviously doing this stuff where they're paying people to figure out ways to sucker people into taking these things. You know, it's just unbelievable. If if these things were worthwhile, if they actually worked, if they weren't deadly, people would line up automatically and roll up their sleeves. But most people aren't, you know, they may be ignorant and they may be, uninformed but they're not totally stupid most people and when they start hearing all these things you know regardless of the fact that it's not being put out on the lamestream media at all word is getting out that people are getting sick from these things and having some really nasty adverse reactions and as a result 
many of these people are deciding, I don't think so. And if they even have the ability to do the math in their heads, what, 99.9% survival rate if I get it? Why would I take it and take a chance? You know, when if I get it, chances are I'm going to do just fine if I have any symptoms at all. And I think that's starting to happen. So hopefully more and more people are going to start waking up and saying, uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think I'll pass on this one. Um, the smart ones will. And otherwise, you know, if as far as I'm concerned, we reach the point of people are stupid enough with all the evidence that's out there, they still take these things. Um, they deserve what they get. You know, the information is available. Anybody who wants to do the due diligence to take, you know, figure out what's going on before they take these things, you know, they're okay. But if you're, if you're going to run right out in the street in front of a car without looking both directions first, you know, that's basically what you're doing when you take one of these things. If you don't do any kind of uh, research to make sure what you're allowing to be injected into your body or that of a loved one, shame on you. You know, what's really bad is these moronic parents that are taking their children, some as young as one year old, and signing them up for these trials. That is flat out child abuse, and those children should be taken away from the parents before they get injected. You know, that would be a good sting operation. Put a thing out saying we're we're offering a thousand dollars, you know, for to any parent who will bring their child in for this alleged vaccine trial. And when they get there saying that's it, we have a, a blanket court order automatically taking your children from you because you're an idiot and you're endangering this child. But no, you know, Gates doesn't care how old they are. As long as we kill them off, you know, cradle to grave, the, few, the more the merrier. And again, you know, do a little research, people. The first, I think the first vaccine on the scene was the Moderna, of course, because they already had it ready, I think. But Bill Gates is a, a big player in that company. He's also an avowed eugenicist. He wants to kill off the majority of the world's population. And he's on record saying that one of the means by which he does this is vaccines. So why on earth would anyone in their right mind have anything to do with a, an alleged vaccine that Bill Gates had anything to do with? You know, as far as I'm concerned, anybody that fits that bill, you know, might as well just write moron on your forehead. Because, you know, as long as you're alive, that's going to be the case. It's craziness. Absolute insanity. So let's see what else is going on in the news. Armed soldiers point guns at Minneapolis woman for pumping gas after curfew. Hmm. <laughs> it's getting crazy. Apple approves parlor app after parlor surrenders to left-wing speech police. Yeah, I saw a thing that said something like 82% of people will not sign up for Parler again. If I remember right, they got hacked and a bunch of their information was taken, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, challenge study, looking for volunteers to be infect, intentionally infected with COVID-19. 
why do they have to look for people to be intentionally infected if we have so many cases all the time? <laughs> because the cases are bogus. Uh, the prospect of being accidentally infected with COVID-19 haunts many people as they go about their daily lives wearing face diapers every time they step outside and washing their hands religiously in hopes of preventing the illness. It's hard to imagine anyone volunteering to be injected with this potentially deadly disease yet. And I have to click the button here. Uh, yet that is exactly what UK researchers are hoping for it. As they launch a new COVID-19 challenge study. <laughs> this study's goal is to gain deeper understanding of what type of immune response is necessary to protect people from being infected with COVID-19. If they find anybody silly enough to do this, they're probably going to find that when they're injected, they won't get sick. <laughs> Just like they did in the 1918-1919 uh, flu, uh, the Spanish flu deal. I think it was the Rosenau study, I believe it was called, where they took pus from people that had the, the illness, injected it into otherwise healthy people, and nobody got sick. And then they had animals, horses that were sick from it. They put a bag over their nose, and so when the uh, horse sneezed or did anything funky, they would then take it and put it over the face of a healthy horse and had zero transmissions there, too. And... Uh, It'll be interesting, but I kind of question whether they're going to find anybody that wants to be uh, injected with anything. Because in this day and age, you have no idea what they're injecting you with. You know, that's the key. Uh, researchers from Oxford University have been given a go-ahead to carry out this trial, which they believe will allow doctors to tell patients with natural immunity whether or not they will be protected against other infection. Huh. The study will recruit healthy people between ages 18 and 30 with a low risk of serious outcomes who will then be intentionally exposed to the pathogen inside a controlled laboratory environment. Participants must have been infected with COVID-19 at least three months before entering the study and must have natural antibodies against the novel coronavirus. The timing criteria mean that most participants would have to be previously infected with the virus's origin, original strain and not one of the variants currently wreaking havoc around the world. <laughs> wreaking havoc. Uh, they're so closely related that the same protocols will deal with any of them. It's not like it's any big deal. In the first phase of the study, which is slated to get underway this month, 24 volunteers will be enlisted to help and determine the lowest dose of the SARS-CoV-2 virus that can cause infection with no or very few symptoms. <laughs> oh, boy. I wonder if they're going to test them with PCR tests. The virus will be delivered through the nose. Hmm. Probably sticking on one of those little things and shove it up your nose like they do to supposedly test you. <laughs> uh, researchers explain that they will be starting with a very small amount of the virus to check if it's safe and then gradually increase the dose in small increments if the original amount is too low to cause infection in any volunteers. The aim is to have at least half the subjects infected but without any symptoms or very mild ones. I wonder how they're going to do this considering they've never isolated the virus. Hmm. Anyway, sounds like another stupid test. 
<laughs> Constant vaping could be worse than smoking cigarettes. Okay. DeSantis urges America to reject Fauciism, return to old normal. Hey, I'll go for that. That's what I've been doing since uh, day one of this goofiness. And here you go. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis made an appearance the other day on Tucker Carlson Today, during which he had a few choice words for the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease head, Anthony Fauci. DeSantis stated that despite massive pressure from Fauci and other deep state trolls to keep Florida locked down and masked forever, DeSantis instead chose to side with common sense and freedom, which has made him a target of the left. Sure has. DeSantis insists that he never lost his ability to use common sense throughout the pandemic, even when others were pushing him to conform to the official government narrative. If I I had more data, I would have had the ability to say, wait a minute, why would we need to close a gym for two weeks? DeSantis told Tucker Carlson. These, uh, these are younger people going to work out. If you're healthy, you're going to end up dealing with the virus better. Exactly. <laughs> and so I think that it took, a few, it took me a few weeks, March into, and into April, to get enough data to say, okay, we're not doing Fauciism. We're going to make sure our state's open. DeSantis notoriously opened back up the schools, ended the statewide mask mandates, and even prohibited local municipalities from trying to reimpose or maintain such restrictions against his order that the state reopened completely as it, it was prior to the pandemic. It's time to return back to the old normal America. As time went on, it became clear to DeSantis that the entire thing was a scam. As he realized more and more about what was truly going on, DeSantis took an even bolder approach whilst, uh, or stand while encouraging other states to do the same. The results of DeSantis' bravery is that Florida is not only reopened, excuse me, back to normal in many areas, but America from Americans from other lockdown states increasingly tra increasingly traveled there to escape the hell of their own locales. <laughs> uh, can you say New York, Michigan? Some of these states, like Minnesota and California, I think the fact that they're uh, they were locked down and had the opportunity had the opportunity in Florida to go out and do stuff added fuel to the fire. DeSantis added. Since coming out against the pandemic lies, DeSantis has incurred the wrath of the fake news media. 60 Minutes, for instance, ran a hit segment against him that was later debunked as manufactured false news. Imagine that. They cut out everything that showed that their narrative was a piece of horse manure, and it shows how dishonest these are smear, these, these are smear merchants. And that's why nobody trusts the corporate media. DeSantis commented uh, about the 60 Minutes, uh, what 60 Minutes did to him. They are a disaster in what they are doing. Yeah. Now that the fake news has no credibility whatsoever, it seems that some outlets are throwing in the towel whenever or when it comes uh, to even pre uh, pretending as though the things they report are actually real. 
some of them would seem to be uh, aware of the fact that it is only a matter of time before they completely implode. <laughs> I know corporate media thinks they can uh, run, run over people. Well, you just ain't running over this, Governor DeSantis says. I'm punching back, and I'm going uh, to continue to do these things uh, that the smear merchants are until these the smear merchants are held accountable. At the same time, DeSantis is pushing Chinese virus injections, uh, which he calls vaccines, unfortunately, claiming that their administration among the elderly is particular in saving lives. I kind of doubt that. You can bet that everybody getting these things is going to die within the next year or so. This is the same false narrative being perpetuated by Donald Trump, who apparently wants America to believe that getting injected is a good thing and uh, will save us all from getting in infected. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Trump and his pushing of these things. Uh, he has definitely been hoodwinked big time when it comes to this crap. And... Uh, <laughs> That's the sad thing, because he claims to have received it. And if he actually got it, you can bet he got the real thing, because they want to kill him off. And even though he may be coming back, he may not survive the comeback with this illness or this disease that's going to come from the vaccines. And that's a scary thing. Um, Sherry Tempenny and Judy Mikovics both agree. They're expecting somewhere... Uh, in the realm of 50 million Americans or more to die from the vaccines. And we've had about 200 million Americans receive these things so far. So, far. so that's about a 25% death rate. And it will probably happen within, you know, six months to two years of receiving the vaccines, alleged vaccines. Scary stuff. But, um, yeah, I I don't know why anybody is pushing these stupid things. If they have, you know, if DeSantis was able to do enough research to realize the thing was a scam, he should have been able to do enough research to realize that the whole thing, the whole scam was created so that they could push their, their alleged vaccines on people and kill them off. You know, people think that the vaccines were created for the virus. In fact, the virus was created for the vaccine. In other words, they came up with a thing for the sole purpose of injecting millions of people with this stuff so they could kill them off. And you can bet anybody that's gotten these things is a candidate for a coffin. So don't take it. New Army policies target service members who refuse to get inoculated with coronavirus vaccines, even though they cannot mandate it. They will browbeat you and, you know, in the military, I'll tell you what, just because it's legally um, not required <laughs> doesn't mean they won't make you take it. And the sad thing is the photograph they have here is some, looks like Soviet block. Uh, it's not, these are not American soldiers. They're carrying AK-47s. <laughs> oh, goodness. But anyway number of new policies in the United States Army purportedly aimed at service members who decline Wuhan coronavirus vaccines. These policies, including restriction of movement are, and limited access to facilities, are in place in at least two military reservations. While the U.S. Army cannot mandate vaccinations, the new rules appear to be a not-so-subtle approach 
to coerce military personnel into getting immunized against COVID-19. A memorandum by Major General Brian J. Menes, uh, or Menes, M-E-N-N-E-S, released on March 17th, outlined a number of privileges available to vaccinated personnel. Menes uh, commands the Fort Drum Military Reservation located in New York State. Of course, (laughs) New York Menace Memorandum uh, stated that fully vaccinated personnel are not required to quarantine after traveling and returning to their post. On the other hand, unvaccinated service members must quarantine for 10 days. Furthermore, family members must be able to quarantine with a service member. Family members must be able to quarantine with with the service member, which meant that their partners cannot go to work and their children cannot go to school. Good grief. And that's something they have no control over families. You know, when you sign up in the military, you not you do not sign up your entire family. Now, if they're living on post, that's one thing. But if you're living off post, totally different story. Anyway, the document also said that vaccinated personnel can conduct outdoor physical training without masks uh, and may be allowed to train indoors without face coverings. However, The document said indoor physical training will only be allowed without unvaccinated personnel present. (laughs) Oh, good grief. (laughs) Oh, man. Memorandum also mandates personnel vaccinated or not to wear face masks at all instances. Yeah. If if the things work, why do you got to wear a face diaper? Unless otherwise directed, a face covering is part of duty uniform, (laughs) it said. But the document verified that face masks may be removed if all people in a room have received the COVID-19 vaccine. Furthermore, unvaccinated service members will have to undergo additional paperwork to secure approval for leaves. Personnel who have not yet received the COVID-19 jabs will need to have their leave request approved by an O5 officer. That's what major or... Lieutenant Colonel, somewhere in there, uh, yeah, so, such as Lieutenant Colonel or Battalion Commander, uh, alongside an ex- exception to policy document. On the other hand, vaccinated personnel only require the approval of a lower-ranking O3 officer, such as a captain or company commander. <laughs> New regulations seem like a response to vaccine hesitancy among the ranks. Yeah, a lot of military saying, I don't want it. Meanwhile, Fort Bragg in North Carolina implemented a similar measure designed to pressure military personnel into getting the COVID-19 jab. The commander of the base's 82nd Airborne Division mandated that service members need a vaccination card before entering a military dining facility. Oh, you want to eat? You got to have this. The new regulation will impact a huge percentage of lower-ranked enlisted soldiers who do not have access to kitchens in the barracks. Most low-income personnel depend on the dining facilities for their daily meals while on duty or in training rotations. That's just flat out. Somebody needs to file suit. New mandates put in place Fort Drum and Fort Bragg appear to be targeting personnel who have doubts regarding the Wuhan coronavirus vaccine. A significant number of the military personnel refused to get the COVID-19 vaccines approved by the, they're not approved. (laughs) They were given emergency use authorization only. They're not approved. Back in February, the Department 
Department of Defense, DOD, said almost 75% of military personnel declined COVID-19 vaccinations. During a February 17th hearing, Joint Chiefs of Staff Director of Operations Major General Jeff Taliaferro explained that the, uh, the reason why military personnel are not availing of the jab is because it is not compulsory. Dern tootin'. They're smart enough to realize it ain't good for them. He added that the, mili- the Pentagon received about 916,000 COVID-19 vaccine doses. Whew. And I wonder how many of those went to, ba- went to waste. Other Pentagon officials also shared with the House Committee on Armed Services the immunization drive ongoing in the armed forces. Uh, according to Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense Robert Salesis, I think it is, or S-A-L-E-S-S-E-S, 359,000 troops have received their first dose of the 147,000 have completed both doses. And how many of those guys have gotten sick? I've seen several reports so far, some really nasty uh, reactions. Other Pentagon officials who attended the meeting estimated the vaccination of military personnel, civilian staff, and the contractor workforce will finish by late July or early August 2021. Ultimately, military leaders remarked that getting vaccinated against COVID-19 is the right thing to do, if you're an idiot, and exhorted personnel to get the jabs. We believe that, of course, getting the vaccine is the right thing to do. It's clearly safe for service members. Radio is your number one. Your DIY Health Radio. Your DIY Health Radio. Your DIY Health Radio. Sergeant Jim Ram, if you can call me Sergeant. Welcome back to hour number two of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. And uh, we'll open up the phone, so if anybody wants to call in with anything, feel free. The number is 833-TFR-LIVE, 833-837-5483, 833-837-5483. And uh, I'm just looking at some of the stuff in the news still. NASA to co-develop satellites can, can identify air pollution sources. Oh, boy. <laughs> Chauvin guilty verdict completes the total collapse of law, order, and due process in Biden's America. That's for sure. There are several points upon which uh, this could very well be overturned, not the least of which is that idiot, <laughs> and I use the with capital I's and I-D-O-T, <laughs> whatever, um, Maxine Waters making her statements. I think it would just be poetic justice 
if the case was overturned and Chauvin got to go free because Maxine Waters made her stupid comments and she would be the one that the left could then look at as the reason he got off the hook. I think I'd just be from sweet poetic justice. I say, you know, go burn her house down now. But, you know, failing to uh, do a change of venue is a big thing. Failing to uh, sequester the jury from the very outset. There are several things that I think will uh, are uh, appealable uh, points. And hopefully uh, he gets a better attorney than the guts he had for the case, you know, for the trial, because I don't think that guy did a very good job. Not to mention the fact that, you know, when uh, when the attorney asked for a mistrial as a result of uh, Maxine Waters' comments, the judge, you know, clearly, I mean, he said, looks like you may have grounds for overturning on appeal, and but he would not grant the mistrial. Why? For the same reason they had a guilty verdict, because everybody's afraid that all the butthurt babies will go berserk and burn the city down again. That's what it was all about. You know, the thing is, he meant, you know, he, he, there was, this was not a fair trial. Uh, it was mob verdict, verdict. And uh, granted, in a fair trial, the jury may have returned the same verdict, but we'll never know because he sure didn't get a fair trial in this case. Uh, too many things were, you know, the pooch was screwed way over and over and over again. And, you know, my thing is, all the videos I've seen, I have not watched the entire nine minutes, I'll say that up front, but the videos that I've seen, uh, Chauvin's knee was not on any, um, uh, what's the word, you know, any part of his neck that would cause asphyxia, from what I could tell. It was on the back of his neck. And had the guy not been loaded with three times the lethal dose of fentanyl and other drugs, he could have laid there with a knee on his neck like that for hours, and it wouldn't have caused any problems. He was sitting there, you know, he was saying he couldn't breathe before they had him on the ground with a knee on his neck. And you have to qu- ask yourself, if if everything was the same except for the fact the the police encounter, I honestly believe he probably would have died that day anyhow. Unless... The only thing I can see here that, that Chauvin was guilty of was failing to render aid. You know, when he saw what was going on, um, they should have immediately gotten medical help there. The problem is, is he was fighting with them the whole time. Every time they t- let him loose, he was going to fight or struggle. And if that's the case, then the EMS or uh, paramedics would not be allowed to deal with him until he calmed down so he did it to himself and in every one of these cases that we've seen lately and this is something that as a police officer you learn very early on the suspect is the one who's in control of the situation especially the outcome of the situation while you might be the one with the badge and the gun you are not in control they determine what's going to happen by their actions and I hate to say it, but I honestly am starting to believe that just like in a self-defense situation, if someone is claiming self-defense, they cannot have had anything to do 
with the initiation of the situation that they're claiming self-defense for. So in other words, if, if I go out and I pick a fight with somebody and they start kicking my butt so I pull a gun and shoot them, I cannot claim self-defense because I'm the one that started the fight. And just the same, in a situation where someone is involved in criminal activity and they resist arrest, attempt to flee, or anything else, whatever happens after that point is on them because they're the ones that started the whole ball of wax rolling. You know, this thing with the, with the 16-year-old girl here in Columbus uh, the other afternoon. I watched the entire video. I actually have it posted on my uh, uh, Telegram page. And there's a, it's a 40-minute long deal. It's a press conference that the acting chief of police and the mayor and the safety director had for members of the press. And they showed all the body cam footage from the arresting officer and or the an officer involved in the shooting, as well as the responding backup officers. And in every case, the officer was 100% totally justified in what he did. I, I got to give him, you know, he ought to get a, uh, a tactical shooting award because the situation that he, that he came upon, this girl was absolutely out of control, had a knife that had it looked like at least a four or five inch blade and was going after another girl and they were both in the line of fire. I mean, she, you know, the officer, it was the officer, the target, <laughs> and then the uh, victim of the knifing. And he did some really good shooting. I think from what I remember, I think he fired four shots. And if I'm not mistaken, all four of them hit the intended target and the girl that she was trying to stab was right behind her and literally could have easily, if the officer had not done a good job with his, uh, you know, trigger control and everything could have very easily shot the, the victim. <laughs> so, but she didn't, she wasn't hurt. She wasn't hit. She booked out of there as soon as the shots were fired and the, uh, the, the girl that was carrying the knife went down and, uh, it was a righteous shoot as far as I'm concerned. He had virtually no time at all. From the time he arrived on the scene, there was only a few seconds. And it was even less, you know, from, from the time that uh, he drew his firearm and she went after this girl. Um, there was no time to do anything else. And all these people, well, you should have used a taser. And so when you're dealing in a deadly force situation, taser's out the window. You know, number one, taser prongs don't fly like bullets do. And the difference in, you know, he didn't have time to draw the taser because he knew when he saw the knife, this is time for the gun. He could not have holstered the gun and pulled out the taser, and he, he would not have been, in my personal opinion, he would have been neglecting his duties to go for anything except his hand, his firearm. And uh, the guy did a great job. I was, you know, after watching that video, I was like, man, that's some good shooting. <laughs> you know, a stressful situation like that for all four, all four rounds to hit their intended target and not hit the person on the other side who was the, you know, it could have been bad if his, if his shooting and his marksmanship was off. You know, he could have taken out the, 
uh, intended victim as well as the um, perpetrator, and that would have really turned into a crap storm. But as it was, everybody's jumping up and down, and you, you know, white cop shoots black teenager. It should be white cop saves black teenager from other black teenager. He prevented black on black crime. And he was totally justified. I mean, you know, they supposedly they're saying that the uh, the girl that he shot is the one that called the police in the first place. And if that's the case, shame on her. <laughs> you know, they keep, you know, that's the thing is, what do you want us to do? They, they said, police shouldn't be called to, you know, kids having knife fights. That that happens all the time. I said, you got to be kidding me. That's absolutely insane. But the fact is, once they're called, you know, he would have been derelict had he not taken action. Or if he'd have tried to use a taser, you know, that girl's momentum, she could have barely, very easily still continued on and stabbed her intended victim, even if she is being tased. You know, there's no way that uh, they can make that argument. You know, what he did was right on the money. He should be commended for quick action and good, uh, good shooting. And not in any way, you know, I'm hoping, that, and the nice thing is, it's going to be a totally independent uh, investigation by BCI, which is the Bureau of Criminal Investigation. It's actually BCI and I, uh, Bureau of uh, Criminal Investigation and Identification. And uh, they even went so far as they separated all the witnesses, and that's one of the body cam footage, where one officer went and got each of the witnesses and separated them in separate cruisers, and that was it didn't talk, take statements or anything. From that point on, it was all turned over to BCI investigators. They will take care of everything. There was another situation where in the very beginning of this thing, you could see it on the uh, couple of different body cam footage. Um, they came, looked like they come running out of the house or from around the front of the house towards the driveway area. And one girl comes running out. She's being chased by the girl with a knife. She falls down on the ground and some male comes up and kicks her in the head. Just, I mean, just like he's kicking a field goal. He just lands one right on her. And one of the, thank goodness, one of the people in the press conference asked about that. And they said, yeah, we, we, we're aware of it. We know who the guy is, but we aren't taking any action unless and until BCI gives us the clearance. They're going to do their investigation first. And then once they've said it's okay, then we will go in and determine other charges because that's definitely, at the very least, a, a basic assault, maybe even a felonious assault because, I mean, that was a boot foot kick to the head. <laughs> it was a beauty. But, uh, you know, once that happened, then this uh, Micaiah, whatever her name is, uh, Brady or Brian, uh, something or other, I can't remember the last name, um, she then turns to this other girl who's an all-pink and she's got her pinned up against a car. You know, she's, you know, the girl has really nowhere she can go at this point. And, and literally, she's just a few feet from, she, the, her, her hand is low cocked with that knife and getting ready to just plunge it into the girl in pink. And that's when the officer shoots. And uh, not a moment too soon, really. A second or two later, and the knife would have been in that girl. So, uh he literally saved the life there, and I know at least one set of parents that are happy he was there and did what he did, and that would be the parents who, of that girl because there's no way she, she'd probably be dead now. So he'd have an innocent victim dead and the, the perpetrator 
would be alive to face charges. Personally, I think it's better the other way around. Uh, if you had one of them had to go, it would be the one who was doing the assault or the attempted murder at that point. So anyway, that's my take. If you haven't heard about it or seen about it, you can go to my, uh, uh, whatever they call that thing, Telegram page. It's on there. You can see the uh, all the video. They do it uh, in real time and short in uh, um, uh, slow motion. And they have all the uh, the backup video uh, from the other department, the other officers, and uh, statements from the chief of police, the uh, mayor, the safety director. Um, I think the safety director did a good job. The mayor, Democrat goofball, but you know, all in all, he made good points. But uh, you know, that's the thing. You know, people keep wringing their hands. What can we do? How can we stop all this? I said, simple. Get these people to quit acting like idiots, and the shootings will drop. There's only been like 15 shootings in in the last year of alleged unarmed black people by police, and they act like it's hundreds and thousands. You know, I've seen art. You know, I've seen interviews where people go up to the folks on the street. How many black people do you think unarmed black people have been killed by police officers in the last year? Thousands. How about 15? You idiot. You know, that's what happens when the lamestream media goes off half-cocked with this stuff. You know, that's what it's all about. You know, more whites are killed by police than blacks. And the, or, and the thing is, is more blacks, unfortunately, it's just the, this is the figures. It's not a racist statement or anything. It's just facts. The vast majority of violent crime in this country is perpetrated by black perpetrators. And everybody acts like there's, you know, the, a you know, proportion of, you know, blacks being shot by police. No, actually not. But there should be, based on the numbers of people, you know, that are committing crimes, you know, far more black crime than white crime. And it's most black on black. You know, the whole thing is absolutely crazy. But, you know, that's the simple solution. You know, bring these kids up properly. Don't let them go off half cocked teach them that uh, you know shut out the video games you know deal with them teach them properly and discipline them properly as children when they're little so they aren't complete animals when they grow up to be adults and this girl was morbidly obese i mean she was flat out almost three times what she should have weighed especially at 16 years old anyway uh looks like i got nick on the line if i give him Hey, Nick, how's it going? Yeah, hey, it's going good. You know, I think I heard on the radio this morning that uh, someone commented that said, uh, uh, they said, well, uh, they don't let the kids, uh, you know, fight it out. That why there's knife fights between kids all the time. Yeah, <laughs> there is. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I, I'll tell you, this, this, whole, this whole thing is just getting worse and worse. With uh, uh, I think they want to do away with the uh, police department. Of course, that's part of the Communist Manifesto. And, and uh, you know, we get eventually, and that's where we're headed. And, and until people start turning to the Lord Jesus, it, it's, it's, it, it, they'll get what they want. Yep. So I, 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 don't know what, I don't know what the end of it is. You know, it's just, uh, uh, we just keep, you're right. The policeman, the, 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 the policeman did right, you know. I bet that girl that was going to get, about to get stabbed, I bet she was glad the policeman was there. Yeah, buddy. Man. <laughs> anyway. Tell you, it's, just, it's insane what's going on here, and they keep acting out. Know, we have to figure out how we can have a better relationship 
what we need to do is figure out how to get these people to quit acting like animals. That's the bottom line. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, yeah, and they, that's it. Well, see, they're not taught. I think I go ahead. Um, I can escape. I can flee. I can, you know, I saw one the other day where the officers approach the car and the guy gets out and throws some kind of caustic liquid in the officer's face. And luckily he had backup because he was just flat out of control, out of, uh, you know, just out of function, you know, unable to function at that point. And, um, you know, the backup just sort of stood there, though. He didn't really know what was going on. But, you know, some of these things that are going on, you know, people just, you know, it's the scumbags that they're dealing I, with, flat out. You know, they're well, they're right. making a. I, uh, I, I, go ahead. Yeah, I, I've got the. Go I, I've got, I'm, I'm coming to the conclusion. I think they're doing some of this stuff because there's a big payoff. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it started with the Rodney King thing. He got like four million, and of course, in no time, he was broke. And 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 like this George Floyd, I guess they got twenty some million. They paid <clears throat> paid the family. I think they're thinking, hey, this is an easy way to get some cash. I can just cause a disturbance. Yeah, I may have a little problem, but the bottom line is, I'll get a lot of money. And 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 I I think that has something to do with it. I, they're paying out way too much for something, especially well, like that three page. Um, uh, autopsy about uh, George Floyd. You know, they have, I wonder if they brought that in on, on the on the trial. But um, I guess truth just doesn't matter anymore. And um, you know, I personally, um, anyway, I don't think George Floyd's. I think he's still alive. I think this whole thing was a made-for-TV movie. You know, I'm, the more well, goes, you, you could very well be you know, right. I think it was a false yeah, flag. They were, were designed to create more unrest. Yeah. And uh, Floyd's probably still alive. And at the same time, I, you know, Ashley Babbitt, the woman that was supposedly shot at the Capitol, I think she's still alive too. I think she was a crisis actor. I've seen breakdowns of the video, that situation, and nothing there was done. You know, none of it made any sense. It was just like they were milling around doing this, doing that, trying to, you know, cover things up and whatnot. But, uh, and the thing is, is the, the black officer that shot her. You know, number one, they won't release his name. Number two, they won't charge him. And, you know, if that was a righteous shoot, which it wasn't, I mean, she was totally unarmed. Why wasn't he charged? Why don't we know who he is? Yeah. Reason Because nobody died and they're keeping him protected. You know, same thing there. It was all, you know, about controlling the, the narrative. And, and, you know, I don't know if we can ever prove it, but I, I would not be at all. That's my personal belief. You know, when you look at the videos, when uh, when George Floyd was removed from the scene, there weren't any paramedics there. He was put on the gurney and loaded up by police and sheriff's deputies. There were no EMS there that I could see. Nobody did anything to check his vitals or anything. He just rolled him over, put him on the gurney, stuffed him in the meat wagon, and off they went. That tells me that wasn't dead. Or that, you know, they yeah, had. you're probably right. I, I, I wouldn't doubt that a bit. I yeah, just you, hadn't thought. I just hadn't thought about that. But, but there's so uh, much of that going on. Yeah. You know, you cannot. We don't know who's been, like they have these school shootings. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. It's absolutely crazy. But you know, we'll just have to see how things play yeah. out. Well, I tell you, my 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 my. Uh, uh, solve all solutions. Turn to Jesus. That's you know. Start with your hearts, not doing, not with your mouth. You know, mouth. You know, so many of these pastors are approaching with their mouths, but uh, their hearts are far from them. So, 
Mm-hmm. Well, okay, I'll let you go there. I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> just had my say. I guess hey, I'll no talk problem. to you later. Able to call in. Glad you're listening. <laughs> Take care. Uh, okay. Well, I listen a lot. I just uh, I just don't call in. So, okay. Catch you later. Bye. Here. Yeah, buddy. I'll tell you what. I just uh, you know, there's so much weirdness going on when you really look at these things and break them down. There's too much that just doesn't make any sense. And chances are, uh, this whole thing will play out, then it'll be overturned on appeal for one of a number of different reasons. Chauvin will get off, but uh, either that, you know, or he's, he's been remanded, which, you know, the, is stupid because they're going to appeal, which means that he should be out on bail. He's not going anywhere. He wants to appeal the case. You know, if they need to, they could put an ankle bracelet on the guy. But, you know, the time it takes to do the appeal, you know, he'll never get that time back if he's stuck in a lockup. Not to mention the fact that he's in solitary confinement 23 out of the hours out of the day, which that in and of itself is uh, cruel and unusual punishment. So, you know, this whole thing is stinks. Anyway, next door social media app warns user about racism for typing all lives matter. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) It's getting dumber and dumber and dumber. Newly released Nextdoor social media app. Huh. I think that's weird. Because I'm, uh, they have like Nextdoor, you know, things for all over the country where basically I have, I'm a part of a Nextdoor board here for local where I'm at. I hardly ever look at the thing. But every once in a while, most of the people on there are a bunch of goofballs. Where can I go to get vaccinated? <laughs> you don't want me on there. Um, but now they apparently came out with an app that goes along with it. And if you say all lives matter or blue lives matter, they'll ding you. <laughs> oh, let's just see what this goofy thing's saying just for the fun of it. Come on, open up. Uh, the only released, uh, let's see here. By Paul Joseph Watson. Yeah. Yes, really. Nextdoor, an app that can, connects neighbors with each other, has introduced a new anti-racism notification system that alerts, alerts users if they may be about to use offensive or bigoted language. When the user is about to transmit the thought crime, <laughs> the app asks them to consider revising their words. The new anti-racism notification detects certain phrases such as all lives matter or blue lives matter and prompts the user to consider editing their post or comment before it goes live, an ex-bookstore spokesperson said. Good grief. In a video demonstrating the feature, someone responds to the message about black lives matter by asking, why just black lives? I believe all lives matter. (laughs) A warning then pops up, which announces, hold on, the phrase all lives matter can be hurtful to people of color. Well, they just need to suck it up then, Buttercup. Consider editing before you publish. The user in the demonstration then deletes their all lives matter message and writes something different to signify compliance. (laughs) Uh, The company also has a kindness reminder feature that automatically flags offensive or hurtful comments. Good grief. 
As Christina Moss points out, tech platforms are constantly trying to change and mold people's speech. You better think so. While race grifters and legacy media outlets have tried to brand All Lives Matter, the racist dog whistle its use is widespread. Uh, a survey conducted last year found that a majority of Americans agreed more with uh, the statement All Lives Matter compared to Black Lives Matter. It says, Whose Lives Matter? Uh, recent respondents saying they agree with more each uh, black... back to the last segment of today's edition of your DIY health here on the true frequency radio network and uh, still looking at the news. And by the way, the phones are still open 833 TFR live 833-837-5483. Excuse me. I had some goobers in my throat. Um, looking at the news, Columbia and Yale forcing students to get vaccinated for COVID-19 again, violation of federal law. Two more universities, Columbia University in New York and Yale University in Connecticut, have announced that all eligible students returning to campus in the fall must get jabbed for the Wuhan coronavirus. Joining several other schools that have done the same, both Columbia and Yale have declared that the best weapon against the spread of the Chinese virus is a big pharma injection. I thought educated people were running these institutions. Apparently not. Consequently, all students, save for those with exemptions, will have to get needled in order to receive on-campus indoctrination. Yale says it will make responsible or reasonable accommodations for medical and religious exemptions from vaccinations. Columbia says it will provide religious and medical exemptions as we do for the influenza and measles vaccines in accordance with the state, uh, New York State public health laws. More information is reportedly coming soon from the two schools as to what students will be required to show as proof of vaccination. In the meantime, students attending either school will probably want to start investigating how to get qualified for an exemption. Only students have to get vaccinated, not faculty or staff. And because those are the ones that we can control easily. Just like at Fort Lewis College in Durango, Colorado, Teachers, professors, and other staff members at Columbia and Yale are exempt from the mandate, at least for now. Only students are required to get injected as a condition of attending classes on campus. <sighs> students at Columbia and Yale who refuse the jab will be punished by not being allowed on campus along with their vaccinated counterparts. All unvaccinated students, save for those with exemptions, will be forced to learn at home with isolation via Zoom. 
More than a dozen other colleges and universities have announced similar policies, and many more will likely follow once it is determined that there are enough vaccines available for everyone. Well, there should be because most people don't want it, so there should be a surplus. On the flip side, Harvard University and Princeton have both decided to make Chinese virus injections optional for students, though they will be encouraged to get jabbed. Now, personally, if I was a unvaccinated student, I would not be a, want to be around anyone who's been injected with this stuff because they are uh, producing the virus and you could get sick from them, at, potentially. At Dartmouth College, students will also have the option to get jabbed, though the school has announced that vaccinated students will be awarded with special privileges and freedoms. Imagine that. Good grief. Just like in the military. The University of Pennsylvania, meanwhile, is asking all eligible students, faculty, staff, and postdocs to get vaccinated in order to be on campus this fall. The school will also require those on campus to complete and carry with them a daily pen open pass, symptom check, and exposure assessment. Whatever the heck that is. As of this writing, there are two vaccines for the Chinese virus currently available to Americans, the BioNTech, Pfizer, and Moderna. The Johnson & Johnson jab is on hold at the present time due to numerous recipients developing deadly blood clots post-injection. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's Vaccine Advisory Committee could make the decision as soon as this Friday as to whether or not the J&J jab will con continue to be administered. Vaccine recipients who become injured or die post-injection are supposed to be logged into the CDC's Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, VAERS. However, only a very few or very small percentage of vaccine adverse events end up being reported in accordance with the guidelines. Well over 3,000 cases of vaccine injuries stemming from Chinese virus have been reported, and that's just deaths. You know, there's a whole lot more, somewhere between 50 and 100,000 uh, adverse uh, in reactions, over 3,000 deaths. CDC, however, denies that any of these deaths are linked to the jabs. <laughs> of course they do. If there is a mandatory vaccination requirement and then the recipient has medical complications from the vaccine, I imagine the university would be accountable for any effects resulting from such a demand, wrote one commenter at the Epic Times. Exactly. You know, the thing is, is the there is the federal law prohibits making a emergency use authorization vaccine mandatory and the uh, liability uh, prevention or what is it? Uh, immunity uh, only covers the, the manufacturers and the administrators of these things. It does not, you know, a business that requires you to get it or a school that requires you to get it. As far as I know, they're open. The big problem, however, is proving that their mandated vaccine is what caused you to get sick or die. That's the problem. And, of course, you've got the lamestream media and the lamestream American Murder Association all sitting there uh, denying forth, you know, as strongly as they possibly can, oh, there's no link between these things and the vaccination. That's strictly coincidental. And once again, vaccines are the number one cause of coincidence. <laughs> So anyway, uh, if, uh, let's see here, Epic Times, uh, that's pretty much the end of the 
More latest news about Wuhan coronavirus injections can be found at chemicalviolence.com. Check it out. Let's switch over to health impact news. German microbiologists, they are killing people with these COVID vaccines to reduce the world's population. Ooh, that dude's going to get in trouble for telling the truth. He is. I'm telling you what. The, in this exclusive interview with the American uh, New American Magazine senior editor Alex Newman, world-renowned German Thai American microbiologist, uh, boy, that guy's German Thai and American, uh, Dr. Sukarit Bhakti, warns that the COVID hysteria is based on lies and that the COVID vaccines are set to cause a global catastrophe and a decimation of the human population. And uh, just real quick, uh, Alan in the chat room is saying, it turns out that I have to get the vaccine in order to remain uh, or maintain the peace in my tightly knit family. Don't do it. So I'll take BTT and PDM on the day of the vaccination and on the day after, and I'll pray for no adverse effects. As far as I'm concerned, and this I've already, you know, if somebody in my family says something to me about it, I will not take this thing. I'm not going to, you know, basically they're asking you to put a gun to your head with three cylinders loaded and play Russian roulette, make that five cylinders. You know, as far as I'm concerned, anybody that's saying that you should kill yourself for me isn't worth the time of day. I'm sorry. That's just my opinion. You know, you got to you got to do what you got to do. But I would not take it under any circumstances whatsoever. And if they're foolish enough to get it themselves, then I'm sorry. But anyway, you know, I I, I understand your uh, dilemma, but uh, I don't know if you heard the little video at the beginning that Sherry Tempenny uh, was covering. It's on my Telegram channel. Uh, it's, you go to Telegram, sign up, Your DIY Health. Do a search. Um, but it's a six-minute long video where she's talking about the eight ways that this vaccine is going to kill people. And at the end, she basically said people are going to have to um, make some very serious um, uh, spiritual decisions you know, about being uh, taking it in order to get on a plane or to go to school or to work or to whatever, or to keep the peace with my family. But just do, you know, do so knowing that this stuff is setting you up to die. It's going to kill you. You're going to die far sooner than you would had you not taken it. And it could be as early as, you know, a couple of days to a couple of years, but it will kill you. Um, you have to ask yourself, is there anybody on the face of the earth that is worth committing suicide for, you know? You're right. The whole situation sucks. It does. And it sucks when people are stupid. But the thing is, you know, <laughs> I think it was John Wayne uh, said life's tough and it's, it's, it's even tougher if you're stupid, something like that. Um, but it's, I, it's a situation I would not want to find myself in, but I've already just, you know, that's what I did in police work, too. You know, if the same thing, if you're going to carry a firearm, you have to know long in advance. The second you strap on that holster, you have to know that you are able to pull the trigger and take a human life. If you if you don't know that 
do not carry a firearms for, for self-defense. You know, have it for target practice and fun stuff and whatnot, but don't carry it for personal protection. If you don't know for sure that you can take another human life, don't carry one. And same thing here. I know right now that if someone says you got to take this or else, then or else is the option because I am not taking it. If my family says we'll never talk to you again, it's nice knowing you. Hope things go well for you. Hope your life is uh, enjoyable while you have it because if you take this, it's going to be shortened. And I'm not going to be a part of that. Uh, but again, that's my personal decision, and I'll tell them flat out, too. If, if you take this, do not expect me to take care of you when you are physically unable to take care of yourself. I will not do it. You know, I will give you all the information you need to know that this is a stupid decision on your part, but I will not take care of you. And that goes right to my wife. I'll tell her, you know, if, if you're foolish and she's not going to take it and, uh, and right now where she works, they can't mandate it. And most of the people she works with won't take it either. They know they're smart enough to realize that there's, it's not worth taking. Um, and she already has a religious exemption on file that will cover the COVID vaccine. But I told her, I said, you know, if you take this thing, don't expect me to change your diapers and everything else. You know, you're, you're an intelligent person. You know, you take it. You know, if they say you got to take it or quit, then quit. Simple as that. But don't take it. Anyway, um, among other concerns, he expects massive deadly clotting as well as uh, immune system responses that will destroy the human body. Ooh. Finally, Bhakti, who warned impending doom during a Fox News interview that went viral, calls the criminal prosecutions of people responsible or calls for criminal re uh, prosecutions of the people responsible for an immediate halt. Uh, to this global experiment. Um, and that was just a short one, but um, I also saw a thing the other day. There's a guy in Germany, I believe, who is calling for Nuremberg 2.0, and he wants to indict Gates, Fauci, Tedris from the World Health Organization, and all these other yahoos, you know, government officials and whatnot that are pushing this stuff. He wants to indict and Try them all for crimes against humanity, just like they did at the end of World War II. Um, Baldwin Hills star, 30-year-old Ashley Taylor Guerin, dead after getting coronavirus injection. I don't know, I've never heard of Baldwin Hills. Don't know anything about that. Never heard of Ashley Taylor Guerin, pretty young lady. Uh, passed away in her sleep, 4.30 a.m. on Sunday. Her family confirmed this statement on Monday. She was 30. Essence.com first reported the news of the actress's untimely death. She was previously known as Jaren Taylor, or Garen Taylor, I don't know, G-E-R-R-E-N. Ashley became the youngest, female, or youngest model ever signed by the runway division of L.A. Models. She was also signed with the Ford Modeling Agency and was booked by the designers Tracy Reese, Tommy Hilfinger, and Betsy Johnson. Well, I know one of those. Although no official cause of death was disclosed, Ashley's friends on Facebook and Instagram said she recently took the COVID-19 mRNA vaccine. I told you not to get that vaccine, Ash blank. <laughs> A commenter wrote under the photo in the Baldwin Hills on uh, Star on Monday. 
It isn't clear which vaccine Ashley received, but the J&J single injection vaccine has been blamed for multiple incidents of blood clots in the brain. Tributes poured in on social media for the uh, fresh face, face beauty, who is known as the It Girl. Ray Cunningham, Ashley's co-star on BET's College Hill recently uh, reality series in 2006, took to social media and wrote, Just got the worst news. I hate it's on the internet already. RIP to my at BET family, my babes, Garen Baldwin Hills. Later. Ashley leaves behind a preteen daughter. That sucks. But we're going to see more and more of these. You know, it's it's not going to end. And you would think, you know, one like this where, you know, it's it's really hitting the social media and people are making comments like that. I'm surprised that one was allowed to stay there. <laughs> but um you know, more and more of these goofy celebrities that take these things and die, you know, that's going to hopefully convince other people to think twice. Rapper DMX dead after COVID shot. Um, and from what I, let me see if it says here, International Business Times, Washington Post, and others are reporting, I hate these pop-ups, right in the middle of my thing, um, are reporting that a family member related to Earl Simmons, the rap star known as DMX, has claimed that uh, DMX received a COVID-19 injection prior to having a fatal heart attack at the corporate media, and the corporate media is blaming on a drug overdose. Hmm. Anything they can come up with. MTO News is apparently the one who broke the story and had the exclusive interview with an unnamed family member. MTO News spoke with a member of the Simmons family who believes that it was not drugs that caused the heart attack. In an exclusive interview with MTO News, spoke uh, with DMX family member who told us that the rapper received the COVID vaccine about a week before he suffered from the heart attack. Uh, DMX family member told MTO News he got the vaccine when they opened it up to people over 50. Wow, he's 50? I don't even know who he is, but anyway... He got it so that he could go travel and perform. Gee, so I can get on a plane, so I can do this, so I can do that, so I can, you know, as long as I'm alive. Stuff like that. The New York State opened up the COVID-19 vaccinations for people over the age of 50 in mid-March. And the family member suspects that DMX heart attack could have been a reaction to the vaccine. Family members explained everyone in the news keeps saying that DMX had a drug overdose. How do they know? I'm in the family, and no doctor told me anything about an overdose. The family member is furious about the speculation surrounding DMX drug use. Uh, she told MTO News, um, yes, he had uh, past issues with drugs, but nobody knows that he had an OD. It's blanked up. Uh, that's uh, that's being reported like that. Well, that's what they'll do. They'll they'll lie about anything to keep from saying anything about a vaccine doing it. She told on MTO News that she and the family are considering taking legal action against news publications prematurely concluded that DMX suffered a drug overdose. But what is clear, according to the family member, is that DMX did take the COVID vaccine. The grieving kin explained he took that vaccine and he had a heart attack. I'm not saying the vaccine did it but he never had a heart attack before. <laughs> Usual sources of corporate media uh, watchdog fact checkers 
have rushed in to label the report as false, but they are make, uh, marking it false simply because they cannot contact the family member and substantiate the story, so they are labeling it false, even though they have no proof of the, con of the contrary. Isn't that special? An attorney allegedly representing DMX contacted MTO News, and so MTO News issued an update recently, editor's update. Since publishing this article, a lawyer who represented DMX told USA Today that DMX did receive the COVID vaccine a week before his heart attack. Hmm. The lawyer also told the publication, however, that he wasn't sure if DMX received the vaccine before that period. <laughs> so it didn't get it a week before. It was eight or nine days before. Hmm. Yeah. MTO News recently uh, received this information about DMX receiving the COVID-19 vaccine from a source related to the family, which stands firmly on CDC's report uh, that uh, there is no, has yet to be proven link between the, the COVID-19 vaccine and anyone's death. Of course not. They're never going to do that. That just wouldn't fit their agenda. So while MTO, MTO News is still standing by their original story, they have now had to add the obligatory legal notice, apparently, that the CDC has not found any link between the experimental COVID injections and those who die after receiving them. <laughs> oh, man. Unplug says, Dr. Tom Cohen, uh, an analyst of isolation of COVID-19 in Australia. Good video. Um, he explains how they arrive at their conclusions. I think I watched that. I've seen so many lately, I can't keep them straight. <laughs> I expect the majority of those who got the jab to have health issues about a year out, if they live that long. Yeah, anywhere from three months to two years is what it seems like it's uh, going to be. And, uh, you know, shame on them. You know, do your research before you do something stupid. You know, it, then maybe you won't do it. People just are not thinking clearly. CDC, 3,005 reported deaths in VAERS following COVID-19 experimental vaccines. More than total vaccine deaths in the past 13 years. I already covered that. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Got about oh, six minutes or so. Um Women complaining of severe menstrual disorders post-COVID injections, even if they did not get the shots. Huh? That's weird. Complaining of severe mental men menstrual disorders post-COVID injections, even if they did not get the shots. How do you have the injection and not get the shot? That's not making any sense. Oh, well. Children next to be sacrificed on to COVID-19 mRNA injections as 12-year-old girl is paralyzed during trials. Again, this is child abuse. Both Moderna and Pfizer have announced recently that the, they are beginning trials of their COVID-19 injections. And we have another, I'm going to play this, I think it's a short one. Uh, this is another what's-her-face, and she's talking about um, a little girl. We are now finally getting a glimpse into the carnage caused by the CV jab trials on children. Oops. For those of you who don't know, trials are being carried out on children aged 6 months to 12 years, and thousands of parents are signing up their kids to take part in this. I want to share with you the story of a 12-year-old girl named Maddie 
who was severely injured and continues to suffer the consequences of this highly unethical study. I've been in contact with one of her family members who has confirmed the story and she shared with me the following Facebook posts on her current condition. She says this is from a few weeks ago when she started having issues and she is now back in the hospital. My cousin is in a trial for the vax. Her parents signed her up for it. That is how she got it. Please pray for Maddie. She has been having a long list of neurological and gastrointestinal issues from a rare adverse reaction she had due to the second dose from the COVID vaccine trial she's in. Right now, she is in the hospital because of a bowel obstruction that was cleared and also being unable to swallow liquids or solids. She hasn't been able to eat or drink without throwing up for over a week. Tomorrow, she has an upper GI schedule that she will have to swallow six ounces of liquid, which as of right now seems impossible. We need this for the doctors to understand how her muscles are reacting. If she is unable to eat soon, she will have to have an NG tube placed, which she did not do well with earlier this week. I believe in prayer. Please pray she is able to swallow liquids tomorrow so that her body can get the nutrients it needs and so the doctors can begin to figure out why her body is reacting this way. On top of this, she has extreme pain in her back, neck, head, and abdomen along with numbness in her legs and arm. She has an MRI of her head and spine scheduled on March 16th. Please pray for her to heal so she can be the energetic 12-year-old who loves hanging out with friends and learning at school. I can't stand watching her wither away each day. The family then posted the following update. Thank you all for your continued prayers. They are working. Maddie's upper GI came back normal, which is good. They were once again miraculously able to get her endoscopy scheduled tomorrow and were able to move up her MRI so she only had to be under, under anesthesia once. If those come back normal, I think we have a diagnosis. What I've learned is sometimes a diagnosis is actually done by process of elimination based on the symptoms you have. Right now, she is focusing on drinking 10 nutritional shakes a day so she doesn't have to get an NG tube. Since swallowing is hard and her stomach needs to learn how to digest things again, this has completely wiped her out and she slept for most of the day. She has, however, made amazing progress because she is so determined and has the doctors in awe. It has been a frustrating 1.5 months to be told seven out of the eight times we took her to the ER that every test is normal and that this is all in her head. Like she can stop the excruciating pain she is in, numbness in her legs and hands, fainting, dizziness, major gastrointestinal issues, fuzzy mind, memory problems, rashes, ulcers, and more. Now her anxiety is through the roof, which makes it worse. Thank God we demanded to be admitted for the second time and ended up having an awesome team of doctors and nurses that brought in the right specialist to determine what happened to her and a plan for recovery. They also made sure to be clear this is not in her head and is real. Hopefully tomorrow we will have an answer and a plan moving forward. We are praying she will be able to go home Saturday or Sunday. Thank you again for your prayers and the kind comments. It has really lifted Maddie's spirits to have so many people praying for her. You know, and this is a very common tactic.